Introduction. Average sucks. When the whole world is running toward a cliff, he who is running in the opposite direction appears to have lost his mind. C.S. Lewis. It's December 15th, 2021, and I'm standing in my front yard staring at some dead grass, which I often do as if the longer I stare, the more likely I am to bring it back from the dead. But something is different about this day. This day, it is my dead grass. I own every blade of it free and clear because my wife and I have just paid off our mortgage. Whitney and I were 31 and 32 years old respectively, and I never thought we'd be here. I thought paid-for houses were mythical unicorns reserved for retirees, rich people, and trust fund kids with inheritances. Not for the little guys like me, who didn't learn about money growing up and made money mistakes with several zeros on the end. In the third grade, Mrs. Plunkett asked us what we wanted to be when we grew up. I, of course, wanted to be an astronaut. I had recently picked up a copy of The Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley, The Case of the U.S. Space Camp Mission from the Scholastic Book Fair, and I was totally sold on the idea of exploring this great frontier. In hindsight, I think eight-year-old George was just excited about the idea of floating in zero gravity. Still, a noble goal. In the fourth grade, my plans changed dramatically. I got my first electric guitar and decided I was destined to be a rock star. Now, back in those days, you could supposedly be whatever you wanted to be. As a millennial, I grew up in a generation where everyone was special and we all got a participation trophy, even if our soccer team never won a single game. Season after season. I had different goals back then. I had different fears back then. I went through a phase where I was genuinely concerned about the Bermuda Triangle and quicksand. Both turned out to be much less of a problem than anticipated. Nobody warned me about the real problems, like money problems, that would drag me down, quicksand pun most intended, in adulthood. The not-so-average George. Like none of you, I grew up as an Arabic Baptist, pop-punk-loving skateboarder in a mostly Irish-Italian Catholic suburb of Boston, Massachusetts. I was fascinated by money at a young age, especially once I figured out how to get some of it. My dad would give me a dollar to go up to random people at church and say something in Arabic. I had no idea what these phrases meant, but they always got a laugh. And the bonus, I was a buck richer every time. My dad and mom emigrated from Egypt and Syria, respectively, to the U.S. back in the early 1980s. My brother and I were born stateside, and my parents worked hard to get good jobs and give us a good life. They adapted to American culture very quickly, including its money culture, where everyone was encouraged to use other people's money to buy stuff with shiny plastic cards offering virtually unlimited dollars. I learned that a high credit score meant you were crushing it with money. I learned that the secret to getting a cool car wasn't having the cash to pay for it, but being able to negotiate the financing to get a good deal and manage the monthly payment. What did I do with all this learning? I financed my way through college using Sally Mae's Monopoly money. All I had to do was sign the dotted line, and the money was mine. I had no idea what the interest was or what the payments would be, I just figured that at the end of the obligatory college degree rainbow was a pot of gold that included a dream job and a big old salary. And it wasn't just me thinking that. This treacherous trail of hyped half-truths was sold to my entire generation. 
and it's still sold today by college marketers, student loan companies, and well-meaning guidance counselors and parents all over America. What I can tell you is, ignorance was bliss. Until it was broke. There I was, a newly minted college grad who was banking on a job that would pay the bills. And that included the impending student loan payments that were about to kick in. Sadly, I didn't even know how much total debt I had until I experienced identity theft and pulled my credit report. Once I tallied up all my student loans, I discovered my total. 36 grand. Narrator. And there was nothing grand about that. Turns out it was not Monopoly money after all. Like the schoolyard bullies of my youth, Sally Mae shook me down for all I was worth, which wasn't much considering I had a negative net worth thanks to, you know, all those loans she lent me. I found myself at the crossroads of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and flat broke. To cover the gap between my life and my bills, I turned to my Discover and American Express Delta cards to save the day. But $4,000 in credit card debt later, I had a decision to make. Was I going to pay my student loans for the next 20 years? Was I going to continue racking up credit card debt while justifying it with 2% cash back and freaking sky miles? No, it was time for a change. Getting into debt was remarkably easy, but even as a 23-year-old knucklehead, I knew getting out would be remarkably hard. I also knew my debt was holding me back because it was stealing from the little income I had. I remember depositing that first paycheck from my first job after college and realizing it was barely enough to cover my rent, utilities, and debt payments. That lump in the throat, pit of the stomach feeling was starkly different from the warm fuzzy feeling I was given on the college campus tour. With no breathing room in my money or my life, I was riddled with anxiety and cynical toward adulthood. But I didn't know how to reverse course and get out of debt. I had fallen for the traps of a screwed up financial system and my new reality had left me in a dark place. Thankfully, my first salary job out of college happened to be at a company run by a guy named Dave Ramsey. As part of the onboarding process, I went through a course called Financial Peace University. Once a week for nine weeks straight, I'd meet up with a bunch of strangers at a local church to watch a video lesson about money followed by some candid group conversation. Although these strangers came from all walks of life, we all had one major thing in common. We wanted to be better with money, and we realized our plan thus far wasn't cutting it. Hey, the first step is to admit you have a problem, right? Through the videos, I learned about the toxic money culture in America today and how it thrives on keeping people broke. Even more importantly, I discovered the many ways I'd bought in and was being affected by it. I began deprogramming all the lies and myths I had come to believe about money for the first few decades of my life. By the second week of Financial Peace University, we had a plastectomy where we took scissors to our credit cards and physically cut up those bad boys. It was weirdly emotional and even a little frightening. Those cards had been my security blanket and companion into adulthood, much like Woody was to Andy in Toy Story. And just like Woody, there were strings attached. The metal blades slicing through the plastic felt like cutting the strings from a toxic relationship, a one-sided relationship that cost me far more than the 2% effort it gave in the form of cash back. Feeling a newfound sense of liberation, I created my first budget ever, started tracking my expenses, and set big money goals. For the first time in my life, I felt like I was happening to my money instead of it just happening to me. After 18 grueling months of budgeting, living on less than I made, side hustling, Ubering, lifting, selling stuff, and eating rice and beans, 
or in my case, Lean Cuisines, I paid off all $40,000 of my consumer debt. I was debt-free, baby. Less than six months later, I had saved up a fully funded emergency fund. Right after that, I started investing in my Works 401k plan, harnessing the magical power of compound interest. That was a long time ago, but I still remember the feeling of living paycheck to paycheck. Every payday felt less like a celebration and more like a quick gasp for air before diving back into a sea of bills and expenses. And turns out, I wasn't alone. With almost 8 out of 10 American workers living paycheck to paycheck, I was normal. And let me tell you, if broke is normal, then normal sucks. Escaping Average A few years into my career at Ramsey Solutions, I met my now wife, Whitney. She was, and is, way better looking than me, way smarter, and way better at money management. Naturally, I didn't think I had a shot. But it turns out she's got a soft spot for pale Middle Eastern guys under 5'8". And she gave me a chance. I turned the wit and charm up to 11 and somehow won her over. We started off our marriage with no consumer debt back in 2018 and decided to do something extra weird. Save up a big down payment on a house and then pay it off as fast as possible. Why? Well, we asked ourselves some simple yet revolutionary questions. How cool would it be to not have a mortgage payment in our early 30s? What kind of freedom could we have? What new and incredible options would that open up for us? What kind of life could we live? And with that unity and vision, we were off to the races. From side hustles to no spend months to selling anything collecting dust to strangers on Facebook Marketplace, we weren't fooling around. 26 months later, way ahead of schedule, Whitney and I paid off the dang house. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. We're debt-free! Aside from getting to do our debt-free scream live on The Ramsey Show, the actual payoff itself was hilariously anticlimactic. First off, the mortgage website didn't have a magic payoff button with digital confetti. Instead, we had to request a physical payoff statement via snail mail. Ugh. Once we received that, we still couldn't pay it off online. We had to go to the bank in person to do a final wire transfer. The bank was sad and sterile, much like the DMV, but with less wait time and more lollipops. The banker sat us down and began the process of the wire transfer. This was a life-changing moment for me and my wife, but seemingly just another financial transaction for this lady. Here's how it went down. Us, excited. Hello, we'd like to do a wire transfer. Banker, is this for a home closing? Us, still excited. No, we're actually paying off our mortgage. Banker, congratulations, that's the dream. Seven minutes later, still typing and clicking. Banker, all right, the wire transfer will happen at some point today. Is there anything else I can do for you? Us, deflated. Nope, thanks. While the bar is low, I hope your mortgage payoff experience is way more exciting than ours was. In any case, I tell you these stories from my journey not to brag about how awesome I am with money, but to encourage you that if any normal, broke, average George like me can take control of their money and build wealth, you can too. The financial transformation I experienced by following this proven plan was insane. Over 10 years, I went from a negative net worth to a $1 million net worth. I went from broke to millionaire in a decade. I also saw a huge personal transformation. 
And while it was hard, it was also incredibly simple. There's a great quote that beautifully sums up my financial journey. Most people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. That was me for sure. For too long, I thought someone like me couldn't get ahead with money. Thank God for the ability to change our minds, our beliefs, and our actions. It was possible for me. And the good news is, it's possible for you too. It won't be a cakewalk, or a walk in the park, or a piece of cake. Come to think of it, there's not much walking or cake involved here at all. But by the time you're done with this book, you'll be confident in your ability to buck the system, ditch debt, and build wealth. And the financial peace you'll feel as a result is the icing on the cake. Welcome to The Gap. Quick spoiler alert before we go any further, because I'd hate to mislead you. This isn't really a book about money. It's a book about turning money from a stressor to a blesser so that you can focus on building a life and legacy you're proud of. It's about gaining the things money can't buy, but that money problems can hold you back from. Peace, patience, self-control, freedom, margin, options, and joy. But here's what you've got to understand. The gap between financial stress and financial peace is littered with traps, myths, distractions, and slick marketing designed to keep you brainwashed and broke. Maybe you felt buried by some of those myths and a lack of financial literacy with no understanding of how to dig out from the pile. Maybe you've been your own biggest obstacle, sabotaging your progress with excuses, justifications, and impulse spending for as long as you can remember. Maybe your life has been filled with legitimate challenges and hardships that have left you cleaning up a mess you didn't choose to make. Maybe, like me, it was a poo-pourri of all of the above. What really matters isn't what got you here, but what you can do starting today to get to the good side of the gap, where money stress is just a memory. Whether you believe it or not, you are your best shot at bridging the gap. And over the next 16 chapters, we'll tackle your best excuses and the worst myths head-on, building that bridge with truth, knowledge, and hope. On the other side of that gap is the life you never thought would be possible, where you own every blade of dead grass in the yard, where the car drives different because it doesn't have a payment weighing it down, where your kid's education and your retirement are locked and loaded, where you get to take vacations you always dreamed of and help others the way you always wished you could. And best of all, where you wake up every morning knowing you're free and clear, owing nobody anything. That's a future worth fighting for. Narrator. It's go time. Chapter one, Chained to the System. It is hard to free fools from the chains they revere. Voltaire. The little man can't get ahead. That's been the subconscious Eeyore-esque mantra of the average American for a long time now. And as a man of below average stature, I take moderate offense to it. Here's what's behind that old trope. Money stress and money problems have caused most non-millionaires out there to feel like they're in a financial chokehold of hopelessness. Ramsey Research uncovered some sobering stats in their recent State of Personal Finance report. Here's the numbers. 37% of the people surveyed said they're struggling or in crisis with their finances. 43% said they have a hard time paying their bills. 50% said they struggle to pay their rent, and 38% struggle to pay their mortgage. 25% said they rely on credit cards to make ends meet. 
Nearly four in 10 have $0 in savings. 51% said they worry about their personal finances daily. And 40% said they have cried or had a panic attack over their money in the past few months. That's bleak stuff. Maybe a few of those stats hit close to home for you. Now, there are a whole bunch of reasons for this grim reality. For those of you looking to point some fingers, you could blame inflation, which has had its largest increase in 40 years in 2022, making it painful to fill our gas tanks and our bellies. The housing market, with home values rising almost 50% over the past decade. The cost of higher education, which has increased by almost 400% since the 1980s. The Fed for raising interest rates, making credit card debt, auto loans, and mortgage loans more expensive and more crippling than ever. The president, whoever it is by the time you read this, and for whatever reason you think they're ruining everything. Our Congress, who can't balance a budget to save their lives, and the lobbyists who fight dirty with blank checks to keep screwing you over. Big bad corporations that put profits over people and shareholders over consumers. Elder generations like the baby boomers, who yell at youngsters to get off their lawns from the comfort of a home they paid $30,000 for back in 1973. News and media outlets that use clickbait and fear-mongering headlines to keep us feeling anxious and out of control. A toxic money culture that preys on our wallets through psychological manipulation, slick advertising, false promises, and our own discontentment. Okay, that's enough. I'm sure you're riled up by now. Although I've got to say, that was a bit cathartic too. Now that we've got that out of our system, let's look at the one factor you can control in this whole mess. You. More specifically, the way you handle your money. Born broke in the USA. As a recovering pessimist, I have high hopes that you can still achieve the American dream, whatever that phrase means to you. For a lot of people, the current American dream is simply debt freedom. For others, it's the classic dream of home ownership. Maybe it's time freedom so you can travel, explore the world, and lean into passion projects and hobbies. Whatever that dream is, it's going to take money, or at least getting control of it. Here's the mind-boggling part of all of this. We live in the most advanced society in history, and yet we have less time and less money than ever before. How the heck did that happen? I have a theory. It all started when you were a wee little lad or lass. You were never taught financial literacy in school, so you had no clue about debt, budgeting, taxes, or investing. But hey, at least you remember what year the War of 1812 happened. You grew up in a house where money wasn't really talked about, or when it was talked about, it was stressful. Things looked good to the outside world, but all the bills and financial worries took a serious toll on the family. Your parents didn't have the ability or foresight to save for college or to have an honest conversation about how you would afford it without a full-ride scholarship miracle. You were told college was a necessary, unquestionable path to upward mobility, and therefore taking out unlimited student loans was simply an investment in your future. You financed your way through college with that magic monopoly money. Little did you know, you were signing on the dotted line for terms that would potentially cause you decades of debt and stress. You had no clue about the post-graduation weight of five or six-figure loans or how the interest worked. Spoiler, it worked against you. You were told that building your credit score was crucial for financial success as an adult and that opening a credit card was the best way to do it. So, you signed up for a card from some rep on campus who lured you in with a free t-shirt and a pizza. 
You started out using credit cards for small purchases like gas and food, telling yourself you'd pay them off every month in full. When the credit card company sent you an email about how special you were and how they wanted to give you a bigger line of credit, you took it and spent more. Then life happened, and maybe you missed a payment or couldn't afford the balance in full, triggering insane interest rates. After graduation, you were faced with the harsh reality of a tough job market and ended up taking a gig that probably paid less than the fairy tale number you had in your head. You felt the need for nicer wheels. You justified why you deserved something shiny and new, and the salespeople were happy to work with you on the monthly payment. Before you knew it, you were tied to a car loan that lasted longer than your first job and way longer than your last relationship. Hey, the red flags were there, and we tried to tell you. As you settled into adulthood and a more stable career, you were told that renting is a massive waste of money and that owning a home is the smart thing to do. Thanks to all those home renovation shows, too much Zillowing, and seeing your friends on Instagram post with new house keys and big smiles, you had your sights set on an aesthetic and price that you really couldn't afford yet. And maybe you did it anyway, taking on a 30-year mortgage with very little down with the bank loaning you way more than should be legal. These decisions left you financially tapped, trapped, strapped, capped, and zapped. A whole new world, that's where you'll be. This is the story of how debt becomes normal in our lives and how the normalization of debt over time robs us of margin, freedom, options, and joy. It's a story of how people get screwed by a system that's designed to trap them in debt and keep them reliant on it. But the story doesn't have to end this way. With the right plan, the right habits, and a big old paradigm shift, you can break free from this backward system and live a life of financial freedom you never thought possible. How do we do that? Well, first, we need to unpack why today's money culture is so toxic and how it's not only holding you back, but also leaving you completely exhausted. The problem isn't just in the different financial industries or types of debt that exist. Money myths, societal pressures, economic shifts, modern financing traps, technological advances, and psychological mind games have all led us to this place of extreme stress and frustration. Over the next several chapters, we're going to explore the underbelly and common tactics of credit scores, credit cards, student loans, car loans, mortgages, investing, and marketing and consumerism. Now that all might sound relatively harmless, but fair warning, the stuff I'm going to share with you will be jarring, angering, and even downright offensive at times. You may get enough ick from each chapter that you'll feel like you need a shower. That's not a bad thing, and a shower never hurt anyone. At times, you will disagree, strongly. That's fine, we can still be friends. But there is one thing I ask of you as we uncover the truths and tenets of this toxic money culture. Keep an open mind, for real. I'm fully aware that each of us is coming at this money stuff from 47 different angles. Different backgrounds, experiences, setbacks, upbringings, geographical locations, education levels, income levels, and walks of life. When you feel yourself getting riled up, ask yourself, where is this feeling coming from? Is it from your own guilt, embarrassment, discontentment, or mistakes? Is it from anxiety, past trauma, shattered dreams, or scarred relationships? Is it from deep-seated beliefs, misinformation, things you've read, exceptions you've known, or maybe that TikTok advice you stumbled upon that was really just clickbait horse crap? Regardless of what you feel as you listen to the next seven chapters, I hope you won't shut the book early, or in your case, stop listening. Because in the remaining chapters is where hope and light begin to spill into the dark, dusty places. 
Once we've been inside the belly of the beast and made it out in one piece, we'll get to the good stuff. I'll lay out a proven plan to break free from the chains of each part of the financial system so you can make the most of your money and your life. My confidence in this plan isn't just because it worked for me. It's also because it's worked for more than 10 million people for over 30 years. I don't know how many people it takes to impress you, but 10 million is plenty of social proof for me. Following this plan, they've paid off debt, socked away an emergency fund, built wealth, and become more generous than ever before. If that weren't enough, Ramsey Research found that the people who follow this plan are exponentially more confident about budgeting, getting out of debt, and achieving their money goals. They're also way more focused and organized with their money. In the final third of the book, I will lay out this plan in more colorful detail. But for the sake of common ground, let's briefly cover the tactical steps that have helped so many people break free from this system. Dave Ramsey coined them the baby steps, and they outline seven principles in a specific order. Without further ado, here's the Ramsey baby steps. Baby step one, save $1,000 for your starter emergency fund. Baby step two, pay off all debt except the house using the debt snowball. Baby step three, save three to six months of expenses in a fully funded emergency fund. Baby step four, invest 15% of your household income in retirement. Baby step five, save for your children's college fund. Baby step six, pay off your home early. And finally, baby step seven, build wealth and give. There it is, cats out of the money bag. Later, we'll dive into the why behind each step and offer some zesty takes on these timeless principles. The goal is for you to walk away realizing that debt is a dirty little thief, that budgeting doesn't have to suck, that savings are a wonderfully cushy cushion, that investing isn't just for Wall Street bros, and that generosity is the most fun you can have with money. Who says you can't be free? This book isn't just for broke people or smart people, white people or black people, Gen Xers or millennials, liberals or conservatives. But there is a certain type of person this book is for. The person who is sick and tired of being sick and tired. Who feels like they work too hard to feel this broke. Who is worn out from running on an existential treadmill of bills and stress. Who wants to change their family tree and leave a legacy they're proud of. This entire plan hinges on one thing a paradigm shift. It's a tough one to make. And the first part of this book will help you make that shift by revealing how the system is designed to screw you. How it's designed to steal your money, your margin, your options, and your peace. How it's carefully crafted and marketed to feed you lies and myths, driving you to debt and discontentment. It's a terrible drive, and yet millions of Americans have become passengers in this Uber ride from hell, where the music is terrible, red lights are ignored, and they're dropped off at a destination they never wanted to reach. Yikes. Zero stars, no tip, would not recommend. The system's time in the driver's seat of your life is up. It's time you grab the wheel and decide where you want to go with your life, your money, your legacy. You can't keep living like the average American Eeyore in a cycle of debt, anxiety, and cynicism, hoping and waiting for the next occupant of the White House to fix your life. That plan sucks. That's no plan at all. Be better, do better. You can learn how to stand up for yourself financially, get above this toxic culture, and breathe the fresh mountain air of financial margin in your life, where you get to do the things you want to do without clingy lenders ruining all your fun. We're about to go on this beautiful ride together. One where you'll experience the rock and roll joy that comes with getting control of your money. 
At times, it may feel like you're up against Goliath, which is good news because that means you're David. And you know how that story goes. The little guy wins against the big bad bully in the end. So get your financial sling ready because we're about to bust some heads and take some names. It is on like Donkey Kong. Hope you guys enjoyed that preview of my new book, Breaking Free From Broke. It launches January 16th, 2024, but if you pre-order before then, you're gonna get over $100 worth of free bonus items, including instant access to my newest talk on video called Show Me The Money, the audiobook version, the ebook version, and exclusive access to a live online event and Q&A with yours truly. And whether you buy the book before or after January 16th, as my gift to you, you get three months of the premium version of Every Dollar, our world-class budgeting tool for free for new users only. So be sure to check out the book. You can get it at ramseysolutions.com store or click the link in the description. Thanks for listening.